My name is Steven. Survival is no birthright, but a prize wrested from an uncaring galaxy by forgotten heroes. Imperial proverb. Hi, my name is Mike. Rage without focus is no weapon at all. Take this lesson back to the blood god. Lorgar said to Angrath before banishing him. Hi, I'm Reed. What are secrets with no one to know them? Shoth Oworth. And I'm Matt. No gods, no kings, only prophet, a Caradron overlord sang. And we are the Scattered Guys here talking about Scattered Dice. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. <clears throat> and thank you, lovely viewers out there for listening to us, uh, either on Spotify or YouTube. And uh, before we get started in today's episode, please, as always, go ahead and give us a, a five-star review or whatever review. Um, and uh, I don't think I've pointed this out, but every episode, Mike poses a Q&A in Spotify. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, take a second, pause, go check out that Q&A, respond, and we're going to actually start calling out those responses on future episodes. Um, so please take the time to do that, uh, and we'll have a little bit of a, a, a discussion here. Other than that, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, and check out our Patreon. All those links will be down in the show notes. And without further ado, Mike, can I get a drum roll, please? Maybe. There it is. Bing. It is the <laughs> annual Scattered Dice Podcast State of the Hobby Address. So if this is your first time with us, uh, we've we've kind of started a thing where every year we sit down at the beginning of the year, we take a look back. We see where we've come from, and we see where we think Games Workshop, basically, specific uh, gameplay is, or the hobby is, excuse me, not gameplay, but the hobby is in relation to Games Workshop products, and, and we give it a score, and then we see how that score is doing in compared to our last couple of years, so... Um, today's episode is going to be a little different. We're not going to have any hobby updates. Um, we're not going to go over news or anything like that. Um, but what we will be doing is diving right into the main topic. So how it's going to work is, uh, we're going to give some, uh, opening comments and then I'm going to be asking questions on some broad subjects. Those subjects are going to be games workshop as a company. Uh, the, the, Warhammer community. We're going to start saying Warhammer. They've rebranded. We can go along with that. Uh, we're going to talk about the community. Uh, then we're going to talk about gaming, models and hobbies, the lore, and then we're going to have some closing comments. And at the very end, we're going to have our total score and see how we did. And then I'll probably look back and see if the total score from last year has improved or sadly gone down. So, without further ado, we're going to dive into opening comments. Now, what we're looking for here is a concise summarization of where each of us thinks the hobby is overall at this moment. We're looking for hard stances here, people. So, if you're not ready for this spiciness, or you have low constitution, you may want to turn off the podcast at this time. 
or get you a glass of milk. <laughs> yeah, go go get go get your. <laughs> um, so I recommend two. <laughs> it's it's full fat or nothing. Um, have you whipped cream? Um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and go grab yourself a tall glass of heavy whipping cream. <clears throat> Start it for a bit. <laughs> get an almost buttery consistency, and then go ahead and drink it like peanut butter. Um, so. I'm going to open the floor to Steven to open our discussion. Okay. Leading off, I'm just going to say, overall, I think we're at an 8.5 out of 10. Then this is a bit more personal. Since I don't play very many games, I am not as invested in the gaming part of it. But uh, I've been enjoying all the models have been coming out. The community has been positive overall. And... Gangs Workshop is making some good progress on expanding the IP and working into different uh, medias. So it's all very exciting. And I can also just keep my head down when it gets ugly. So 8.5. 8.5 from Steven right out the gate. All right, Mike, what are we looking like? Yeah, so I also rated pretty high at an 8. Um, I think that... <laughs> From my hobby sp- side and from a competitive side, we're in a really good spot. Um, I think the reason I can't score 9 or 10 is I feel like as Games Workshop has transitioned towards a competitive focus for the first time in their history, um, with 40K specifically, that narrative has gone to the wayside after it being kind of the focus and then very much the focus and then still a very big part of the game. And it feels like, I, I don't know. We don't talk about Crusade anymore. And like that was a whole thing. And so I, I feel like we've lost some narrative perspective. Um, and I think that's sad. But I think it is because there have been a lot of other good things going on. Okay. Okay. So we're we're still up there. Up there. But uh, <clears throat> a little commentary there. A little commentary. Okay. All right, Reed. Yeah. Um, I rate them right now at a 7 out of 10. So... The community um, is really what's helping sustain GW. And they've had a lot of issues with supply issues. You've had a lot of issues with like terrible rules. Had a lot of issues um, with not ha- like, how they handle their website, how they handle their app has been kind of uh, not handled well, in my opinion. And then how they've uh, done their Warhammer Plus kind of a fallen flat. Um, like I don't think it's going as well as they have. There was the whole issue with them scooping up content creators to put them on Warhammer Plus, and then like anyone else who wasn't on Warhammer Plus was like getting the legal cease and, cease and desist order. Um, so like, not a very good move you want to make with your community. But like outside of that, the amount of like people that have been making content around you know Games Workshop, Warhammer 40K, and Warhammer in general, I think has been helping to sustain the hype and sustain the community and the hobby and the interest uh, in their IP. So I think it's the community that's really helping them hold up after their monumental like screw-ups. I agree with that. Okay, okay. So we've got some uh, some good... So we've got an 8.5, an 8, and a 7 in opening comments. Um, after you guys have said all that, does anyone want to alter their score based on what other people said? No, I agree with Reed. I think the, the community is what makes 
the hobby overall good and okay. uh they can they can be a pretty strong positive force to cancel out some of the bad okay um well you know for those of you wondering so i will not be giving a score uh, i'll be giving comments at the end of each section uh, because as the the host of this year's discussion i don't want to influence um what you guys are doing so i'll say you know what i think we're just in a weird place um i think there is a bit of a yin yang right now where we have an almost an equal amount of bad things happening to the equal amount of good things happening so for every time there's a bit of a ooh, why are they doing that why did they release this what's going on with this other stuff something comes out and it's like oh wow that's great or they do something hey that's great you know, continuously goes along. Um, and we'll get more into it. So for me, I, I think I'd probably be sitting closer to maybe 50%, maybe at a five, uh, just because I really do think it's a, uh, you know, kind of right down the middle. So, but that point does not count towards the end score. Um, and I think those were some good opening comments. Um, so we'll go ahead and carry right in to our discussion about Games Workshop. So we're going to just talk about them as a company and how we feel they're doing right now from a consumer. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, despite what we say, we are fans of Games Workshop. Um, They own the property. They have always owned the property. Um, And so as consumers and fans, how do we think they're doing? Um, Steven? Okay. I originally had 6.5, but I modified it to 5.5. So I would say they're, you know, on the, on the, just on the right side of where they should be, but just barely. Um, they're doing well as a company. I think there's no disputing that. Um, what makes me nervous is, uh, the repeated issues with, uh, supply and their models. Um, and an emphasis on turning out the the new shiny and charging premiums for that. Um, I'll always say that I'm not a fan of the price increases and the current prices of things. Um, you know, it's just like a, a, I feel like it's a false narrative. We're just like, oh no, prices are always going to go up. It's like, well, they don't have to. And I think they would see a lot of enthusiasm from the community if things actually went down every once in a while on certain things, or you got more value added for that same cost, at least. Um, so I think it's important as a community that we still say, hey, yeah, you vote with your dollar, but you, you can still be upset about it, too. Um, and that makes noise. And I think they've been more receptive to the community. Um, and then finally, I'm a little wary of their partnerships outside of uh, their own company with, um, for example, with Amazon, with they just signed that deal to produce a new show. Um I do take some comfort knowing that, uh, you know, Henry Cavill's, you know, running point Praise apparently has revealed himself. <laughs> may, him, may he guide us true. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, it could go it could go either way. What I'm really worried about is like Amazon trying to dip its fingers into the IP in terms of producing uh, commodities like uh, or merchandise and crap like that. So 5.5. I wish. I, I really wish that GW would get with Amazon in terms of shipping. So if you do buy something from GW, it's not the six to 10 days later. <laughs> That's the thing. I've you, had like mixed results. Like I've gotten things like 
like two mm-hmm. days later and I didn't pay for fast shipping or anything. And then like Matt's he's had his, his experience where it's like, I think you're closer to their distribution center anyway. I think it's mm-hmm. in Tennessee and it'll take days and days or weeks. Yep. It's, it, I think I said it, uh, I think you're, you're spot on. I think I said it in a different podcast where I was like, you're either going to get it the next day or a year. Like there is no in between. Yeah. Um, they need so, more production. Uh, yeah. No, I um I I like what you're saying. I um uh, does it, I, I, something I want to touch on uh, touch on is the um the cost. You know, that's that's a pretty hot topic. What are your um what do you guys other, you know, like you said costs are going up. Uh, I mean costs are going up for everything right now. Um it's very possible G, GW is just hopping on the bandwagon. Um but when you when you look at you know, cost to continue to keep their business afloat. Um, do you think that they could afford to to take things down a bit, or do you think we're going to continue to see things rise? It's it's, gonna it's always going to go up, up, always up, <laughs> no. yeah. never down. Yeah, I don't know in what way, like trade international trade will be the only thing that brings prices down somehow yeah <laughs> it's not going to be a decision by gw now it's going to be an external factor they can't control right. the one thing i have you know that has been somewhat positive is they've actually had you know discount boxes out before you think you guys or maybe it was still when you guys got in the the box sets weren't there was just a collection of the models if you bought them all separately it wasn't there was no savings involved mm-hmm. at all so it's like why like a yep. little bit more convenient getting it in one container um but now you know some of them are better than others some of them are up to like 30 percent savings um uh but i'm happy to see that come back and maybe they'll just continue doing something yeah. like that but the, the new combat patrols i don't know they're so bad they're bad they're so bad and they're exp- they're still the same cost right they're still 150 yeah. or whatever yeah yeah and the necron one is garbage like yeah it's not as fun like <laughs> No, I, I, I think, I think that, uh, unfortunately, because they're a publicly traded company, excuse me, I think because they're a publicly traded company that at the end of the day, they have to listen to their short shareholders. But, but I say that I also believe, and I want to hear what the other people have to say, but I do believe, uh, Stephen touched on something is that I think they have the burden of leadership. And that eventually, if you turn enough of your fans away, like doesn't matter if you're reporting good things to the shareholders, they're they're not the ones buying your product. Um, so, uh, okay, it's Mike. Yeah, so I I scored it four out of ten, and Stephen's comments made me want to change it to a three almost because it made me realize I placed an order on November twenty seventh for ship to store, uh, and it's still not here. <laughs> So I literally just looked like, wait a minute, I ordered some, like, I think I ordered like the index cards because I'm going to be in index hammer for a minute and I'm mm-hmm. too lazy to print. Uh, I don't know. I see. It's a whole thing. So I just like ordered some index cards and uh, so they're still not delivered. So um, I don't know how that happens. Um, and like, I, I think like objectively from like a pure business standpoint, they're probably doing great. Um, they're, making these like all those, you know, 
partnerships that we're a little wary of are probably great for a company like Games Workshop. They're like, oh my gosh. Um, and they're, you know, sales I'm sure are doing great and uh, sounded like they had a pretty big surplus. I think Matt shared that they, every employee got a big, nice little bonus check at the end of the year. So like things are, sounds like they're doing objectively well, but subjectively. My favorite part so about mad. sharing that Frustrated. article was the, <laughs> I think Reed posted the, well, I'm going to ignore that. Yeah, meme. <laughs> After that, yeah, that's that one nice thing isn't enough, but it just feels like, well, however objectively well they're doing, subjectively it's so frustrating. And I feel like personally, and and maybe this is an American bias because they are a UK company. Maybe this is even more so a West Coast, Best Coast uh, bias. But I just feel like technologically they're so far behind as a company. It's like they're just trying to figure out how to be operate in the twenty first century. Um, like their website revamp the the app bungle that turns into it now the app's like decent but like it's just like it feels like they're like oh yeah it is the 21st century we should probably do like techie things rather than just you know ship product and have a website like and i feel like they're just trying to figure it out and it's it's 2024 like most people already know it and like startups in America get that figured out in six hours. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and once again, maybe that's my bias, but it, it just, it's very frustrating where it's like, why, why are some things so old school and difficult? And I think, I feel like even the only people who would be upset about <laughs> that change are like old people, <laughs> like the same people who <laughs> don't want phones anyway. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like it's not, I mean, the they majority have said- of the community. They have said that they do tailor. I mean, we, we've we have proof that they do tailor to new people. Yeah. Like old customers are a part of their, you know, their focus, right? But for the majority of their sales, right, they are looking for new people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we've talked about it before, so we don't have to go too crazy into it, but. And, and that um, goes further into like objectively, that's probably a great business strategy. Yeah, well, <laughs> because apparently for my death guard, I only need a few things. Yeah, if I was to start a new army, I need a lot of things. Yep, <laughs> and it's that trying to get new people in the in the door, right? Um, and I mean, I think uh, something else I heard on another podcast um, was that they uh, really I'm talking about the square based podcast uh, hashtag square bast. Um, he was saying that uh, they like the Horace Heresy stuff um, was marketed towards Horace Heresy players, not new mm-hmm. players, not new gamers, old, like that was who they were trying to Robin sell Arts. to. And that's why, that's why it was Mark six. Mark six hadn't been done before. If you'd come out with any of the new other marks, they, people could be like, well, I already have that. I don't need to get the new one. Come out with the new stuff, revitalize. Um, that it, so, uh, and I think uh, of, read the old world articles, right? And they are almost to the point of condescending to people who are new. Um, it's actually kind of funny. I'm not going to lie because they they are definitely trying to sell to some of the grognards. Um, and that's but that's a market, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, especially if if it's like I'm a new person and I don't you know I'm a new you know 20 year old and I want to get in the hobby, but I only have. You know, I can only afford one box. And then there's some old grognard who's the head of, you know, a CEO or something. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to sell three of my Bugattis and I'm going to buy, you know, four (laughs) boxes from Games Workshop. Um, This is, this is a new tinfoil conspiracy that, oh yeah, but I want to meet these CEOs. (laughs) (laughs) One who's got that many Bugattis to sell (laughs) because 
I think we should. One who'd be willing to train Bugattis for <laughs> one who's yeah. into Bugattis and 40k. Uh, Do you want to invest in a small podcast? Yeah. Old world. <laughs> if they're um, looking for a content creator to sponsor, yeah, right here. Oh. Right here. Sugar so, Daddy, uh, okay. Yeah, if, if there's someone out there who wants to help us, once again, Patreon link below. All right, Reed, let them have it. Yeah. Uh, I also ranked Games Workshop as a business uh, five point or five out of ten. Uh, so financially, they're doing great. They've got, they, you know, we've saw the article. They're giving all their employees a twenty five hundred pound bonus, which is great. Equivalent, it's like it's like it's a pretty you know, heavy bonus. Pretty heavy bonus. It's pretty nice. Um, but however, like they've made some really dumb business decisions um, that have been kind of anti consumer. Uh, like they're. So one, their website, we, we all know it. It's hot garbage. They're slowly trying to improve it, but the fact that they, like, they didn't really probably have to change it if they didn't like need to. Um, I know someone made a comment that um, like Christmas they changed it before the holidays, uh, and their new website didn't even have like a Christmas wish list um, type deal where you could wish list models that you wanted so you could send it to your family be like hey you want to give me something here's the specific things that you want to get me because a majority of people you know if they're young kids getting into the hobby they're not the ones going to the store and buying the thing it's their parents do you think their parents actually know what if you know like, i want space marines how many different space marines are there how many different kits are there and then how many different space marine kits that are different from different factions that you can't use so like you know all the new dark angel stuff there's you know all the blood angels chapter specific units there's death watch all the black templar stuff that mom or dad or grandpa grandpa is going to walk into a gw store and be like uh that one or go online and be like sure this these guys um and they came like give me the blue ones because all the default space marines are blue uh on the box art so like Getting away with that feature just hurts the consumer because now a bunch of random shit's going to get bought that they didn't want to get bought. Um, and then their their app, I was like, cool, you know, free hammers back. They're gonna, that's a good guy move for the community. Everyone's going to get indexes, and they're like, oh, by the way, if you want to build more than just one list, you got to pay a monthly subscription. How about you guys? I only play once a month. Like I play my mm-hmm. one RTT once a month, so I only really use the GW app once couple times a month maybe um not enough to pay for it uh and then they're like oh by the way not only are you paying for this app to build extra lists now you gotta buy the codex to get the code to put it into the app so you can have the codex material when they come out so now i've got to pay twice if i want to use the app no i'm just going back to battlescribe as soon as they locked it behind a paywall i went right back to battlescribe um And then, like, some of their stuff, like the Battle from a Crack stuff, cool. Uh, maybe it's a nostalgia service, but, once again, it's like 150 bucks for old models you're not going to use. Nope, not buying it. And the same thing for Old World. Like, I've I've heard the rules are great. I've heard great things about the rules uh, when they were doing an explanation of it. But if I'm paying 150 bucks to $200 on probably old, old sculpts, uh, you know. Oh, it's the original like, stuff, yeah. Yeah, I was like, now if they did like you know old old sculpts, but modernized with twenty twenty three, so like the you know changed the mold lines, made it look better, added a little bit more detail, but still the same position, still the same looking sculpt, but it from the pictures it looks just like the ones from like twenty five freaking years ago. Yep. 
that haven't changed. So now why am I paying 2023 prices for 1990 or 2000 molds? Like what's, what's the big thing there? So I, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, and like, you know, them having shortages, like, and I understand, like I understand the business model. You only have a certain amount of production capability. Uh, you only have so much capital that you can spend uh, to try to make these things, you know, better. Because obviously, taking time to switch machines out to make a certain mold costs money. It takes time. You only have so many machines to produce each through. And if you looked at the model of the year when you when you had when you could vote for model of the year, did they put out a lot of stuff? I'll give them that. They put out so many new models a year for all the different games. So I understand that like they may not have the production capability to, you know, easily just switch over to build a bunch more, you know, space Marine scout kill team boxes um, because they're short. They only have a certain amount of time to produce it before they have to send it out, but they could at least be open with the community being like, Hey, there may not be enough in the opening run here uh you know here's everything we've got here's our entire stock if it sells out we can give you an estimation like we will guarantee we'll put another wave of production in one month like some openness because right now if you go on the gb website temporarily out of stock when's it coming back mm-hmm. who knows i don't know like half the towel stuff has been sold out uh for well over a year on the gb website and what you get i'm echoing what you guys said I can buy from my recast website in China and get it faster than if I had bought from GW directly. And like, I'm in Hawaii, so it's even more space. So, yep, yeah, no, I. So, it's money valid points. So I'm going to start off, and I'm going to I'm going to flip flip the the switch a little bit and say, selling miniatures is a difficult business model. Okay. In terms of, you know, if if they never updated sculpts, right? Then really, you're it's you know, unless you start a new project, right? They are only going to make a certain amount of money off of each person, um, and and hence the release schedule, hence the updates and everything like that. That keeps the money flowing in, um, and that keeps people supporting. You know, the Games Workshop started off the as you know a couple people in a house. And has now gone to, I think it's like the third most, um, like, uh, profitable com- uh, company in the UK or something like that. Um, it's, there's some insane, I, I could be, excuse me, sorry. Um, I could be wrong about that. Don't quote me, but I know they've, they've hit a lot of, was I right? Is it the third? No. <laughs> Is it up there though? No, not even close. Okay. Mike's <laughs> Mike's giving me the no. It I okay, I know that they are a very profitable company in you in the UK. Um and so um you know, something's working. What I will say is I don't think especially uh so uh, I'm I'm getting my MBA right now. Um based off everything I've learned to this point <laughs> They are not making, they are not successful because they're making good decisions. They are excess, they are successful because they have a dedicated fan base. Um, and I will tell you right now, I've, I've used GW as, as a great source of writing for a lot of essays, uh, during my time, uh, trying to get this MBA because the idea 
that you can have, you know, Reed. Reed comes home one day and goes, I want to go give this company money. Okay. And that company is like, no, you cannot do that. I will not give you what you want because it's out of stock. Not, and they do made to order stuff regularly. So why isn't that the model, right? Okay. It's either in stock or you buy it and you will get it as soon as we make it. Right. Um, And so they're like you guys are saying, I think they're using some antiquated business techniques that ultimately are going to see them hurt because now Reed goes, instead of, Hey, can I get this model? And they're like, yeah, it might take a couple of weeks, but everyone will get what they want. Reed goes, Hey, can I get this new release? And they say, no, we sold out in the first 48 hours. You can check back in six months. Reed's going to hop on his Chinese red or, you know, recast and say, I want this model and they'll get it to him in two weeks. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, or Steven does the same thing. They say no. And then Steven goes home, uh, gives 10 bucks to a guy who, you know, works at, you know, you know, his, his hobby is 3d design yeah. or he just scans the models and, and does them. So Steven just 3d prints his own version of Which that thing. Sometimes better anyway. Yep. <laughs> um, and so like, and, and then the, the, the baffling thing is when people come and say like, Hey, we want this model and they don't, they don't give it. Um, and I'll tell you right now, I truly believe that's all that's keeping kill team afloat at this point is that whoever's running kill team, you know, let's say there's a, there's a team, um, because it's, it's almost definitely not as, I know it's popular. So if you, if you like kill team, Hey, uh, you know, that's great. Uh, we tried to get into it. I don't think most of us could, um, mm-hmm. Mostly just because it's it's another game system that's completely different. Um, yeah. All and new so, toys, all new measuring yeah. sticks, and um, and I will tell you that it feels like the guy running, making the decisions for Kill Team, sits on Reddit and Facebook and everything, and sees what people want. And while Big GW is not approving car skins for the new Imperial Guard. The kill team people make a box of car skins, sell them to all the 40k people, and then are like, hey, look, our game's so popular, we keep selling out. Uh, <laughs> Striking Scorpions are getting redone in kill team. Yeah. Right? They've talked about, uh, apparently, there might be a new Votan unit that comes through kill team. And so, like, it, it's almost, it, it feeds into the, they're not making good business decisions, and... Yeah. It's just very strange. It's just very, very strange. So um, I'm honestly kind of interested to see where they go. I will say that if it comes, if I have to buy a model, not from retail games workshop, I will, I would rather buy like a recast of a 40 K or age of Sigmar model uh, because I really like what specialist games seems to be doing because they seem to listen to the community and be a little bit more for the community. Uh, and they don't seem to be doing as shysty as stuff as main department games workshop seems to be doing. Um, so that my overall statement to that is I, I think games workshop is successful, but I don't think it's because they had like a carefully laid out plan. It's just like things are kind of happening and it's working. Um, but I know, uh, was it, um, was it Warhammer day? 
this year was just like a catastrophe to the point where people like walked in and just left. Yeah. Um, A lot lot of lines for not a lot of content. Yep. Um, And I feel like there, there's a lot of good employees at GW. um, But I I think upper management is going to either upper management will be removed before things get bad or, or things are going to get bad. And then upper management is going to be removed. Um, So um, no, I, I think everyone's kind of spot on 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 Games Workshop, um, and I, I will say uh, props to them to giving their people. I mean, th- that's a that's a lot of money to not. I think that's pretty much a full paycheck that you weren't expecting uh, for that bonus. So, like, whoever made that decision, like, good guy, GW boss. Yeah, keep doing um, that. So, um, okay, well, uh, I think that was a excellent segue into our next topic which is community so steven all righty for the community i think that's like one of the strongest things uh in our hobby um a lot of positivity there are those bad apples but overall i would say it's around an eight eight out of ten um more and more people are joining and you know with more people it brings fresh uh ideas into the hobby so like some people don't have didn't have the old school space Marines. So they're just like seeing this new design for the first time and be, and like liking that. And like, I like them too, but like, I like original space Marines and that's why I think space Marines are cool. So I have like a different image in my head of it, but it's really cool to interact with those people and like talk about it and be like, Oh, did you know that they look that way? Because this model from like 10 years ago was built that way. And they're like, Oh, what? that's crazy. And like, so it's, it's fun to see fresh people into any hobby. Um, I think it's ultimately good because Otherwise, you're just getting less and less people into the hobby and they get set in their ways. And, you know, no one wants a grouchy uh, grognard who doesn't want anything new in their life. You know, like you do you, but don't 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 yuck anyone else's yum. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it's good. Um, there are um, hiccups with any new new edition, but I think overall the 10th edition uh, revamp was went off pretty well. Uh, when eighth came out y'all the mortal wounds was like ridiculous people were making these armies based off of those like like random chaos psychers or like the turn one like storm eagle like or the you know the flying space marine gunship armies that just table you in the first turn um i didn't you know their eldar were scary and terrifying but it was like you know it wasn't like their entire range that was just like ridiculous um it's problematic groups and I think they've gotten everyone, all the factions up to that 50% win rate as close as they can really fast in this new edition, mm-hmm. it seems like. Um, uh, so, and the new codexes, with the exception of our poor friends, the robot boys Rip. have been positive increases and in, like tweaks to the, the factions. Um, I don't know what they did with Admech, but it's a little sad. So pour one out for our, pour a cup of oil out for our boys. I I I heard someone talking about this. <laughs> yes, I heard someone must. talking about how the uh, Games Workshop seems to be like the rules writers seem to be kind of confused right now in terms of they've got a lot of armies that do a lot of very similar things and they're trying to make them feel different and some are you know pretty easy to do and others they're just like 
kind of throwing things and then trying to see what sticks. Um, so someone actually talked about how they feel like the death guard rules should be better or would be better for the ad mech and the ad mech rules should be better for the death guard. It's an interesting take because, <laughs> um, yeah, but anyways, um, yeah, rip, rip ad mech for such a great line. They just, it's like every edition they do something new. They were shooting edition, then they were close combat edition, and now it's just like the models exist. They'll do something with them. <laughs> you guys figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mike. Yeah. So for community, I give it an eight out of ten as well. I I think there's still some bad eggs. Um, like every community is going to have their bad eggs. Um, but overall, there's been I think really good leadership by GW and then content creators out there about creating kind of an inclusive and welcoming space, which I think is critical um, because it sets the tone for somebody coming into the community. Um, and, it, and you know, I feel like their leadership in, in that regard has been for the people who aren't already in the community. It's more of like, Hey, if you're in our community, don't suck <laughs> so that other good people can come and join us. Um, and, and I feel like that has been a, a strong push by GW, by content creators out there. Um, and, and, and just like anecdotally, I ran into exactly zero bad apples at a 110 plus person GT. Um, and at the end, the, the TO specifically called out, he's like, you know, we had to go over for some rulings, but they were legit just like, can you see that? I don't know. It could kind of go either way, like close calls, nothing controversial, nothing rude. Like the, the like most difficult, like, time I had with some guy who was just tired and he was very upfront. I was like, yeah, my back's killing me. I'm tired. Like, cool. And he was still a great opponent. Like I, I very anecdotal, but I just feel like the community both in person and online is, has been constantly improving for the better. I think when we did this last year or two years ago, we were talking about like a Nazi in Spain and yep. I, I, I don't, I don't have like a big anecdotal story like that this year. And I, I think that's, that's good. And that's, it's yeah. for the better. No, I, I think that's a great, I think it's a great point. Uh, Reed. Yeah. Um, I, say I, like I said in the opening comments, I think the community is the strongest thing that GW has going for them right now. And for the IP, I gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, the community is what's keeping the hobby alive. Uh, so I don't know if you guys noticed, but so like in ninth, at the tail end of 9th edition, because 10th edition launched this year in the middle of it. Yeah. So we still had 9th Weird. edition to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, was, I thought... Um, you know, the community was already growing and building up steam and then like the hype for 10th, you know, and GW's marketing campaign, I'll give them credit, was doing a really good job of hyping up 10th. Um, and then they were getting all the streamers um, and stuff into 10th and like they were playing games and everyone was like, oh, wow, 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 wow. Um, and the number of streamers or battle report channels that at the start of 10th uh, just has grown exponentially there's if I, I can go onto youtube and i'm like i want to listen to a battle report while i paint my legion auxilla uh or my solar auxilla i there's there's just hundreds of videos now of people just recording battle reports and putting it on there there's so many there's so much out there uh and you know none of it's like terrible you know it's all battle reports and gaming and none of them are like openly being you know toxic which is great um and people were just continuing to make outstanding content. Um, GW just needs to play into this because they're already doing it now with like the, you know, the influencers, so to speak, 40K, the guys who have the most following, they get the models early, they get the rule, the codexes early, they can show it off to people. Um, 
and they just need to continue doing that because like they're it's free. They're giving away their product, like so that thirty five or the fifty dollar box they just gave it to that streamer. He's now going to make a video that's going to be seen, you know, ten thousand, twenty thousand times, and get liked and subscribed and stuff like that. And now everyone's going to see that model and see it on the table and see what it does. It's free. Essentially, it's free advertising for them. Um, all I got to do is just give them the product, and the streamers take care of it. Um, so it's a win-win for the community, win-win for GW. They need to double down on doing that. They just need to avoid, like you know, putting the legal hammer down on some of the content creators. Because I talked about it again when they were making Warhammer Plus, and they were like, "How can we get content into this paid subscription service?" They started buying up YouTubers, like the Astartes guys. They hired him to make Astartes stuff, um, but they didn't have really they didn't make enough content when it launched. So there was really nothing there. Um, but then anyone who didn't get picked up by GW got legal cease and desist orders. And I'm like, that's not community friendly. Like the, was the text to speech guy, all his videos so like were insanely yep. popular. Yeah. He got the ax and you're like, well, why, why did you do that? Like, was it really affecting your IP to get more people interested in the IP? Um, I don't know. I didn't think they handled that well, but other than that, the people in the community are great. Um, I've never had really a bad issue in any of the RTTs I've had um, or the GTA or two. Community's great. Keep it up, guys. We're doing great. Yeah. No, I <clears throat> not too much else to add. I, I think the community is great. I, I am a little sad because I think, and to be honest, we're about to get into this. I think this is a product of Games Workshop's decisions, but we are because we're getting a little bit more away from lore and story and thematicness, uh, we games workshop is creating a bit of a rift in the community, a small one, but a rift nonetheless between people who are, Hey, I'm here to play a game. Um, and those people who are, Hey, I'm here because I love this IP and I'm here doing this. Um, Steven, we saw it. Uh, we were playing that doubles tournament. And you were like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know in the lore where I'd see these two armies together. Yeah, and the guy looked the at you like you had a third arm having <laughs> your head, and he was like, Yeah, whatever, <laughs> right? I'm here to and kill you, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of people, um, not bad people at all, but they, and they don't care that Typhus used to be called Typhon and was first captain of the Death Guard, um, and helped corrupt others, including Luther of the Dark Angels. Uh, yeah. He's despite this, not having a named weapon. Um, <laughs> he's the he's the guy with the scythe. Um, he surrounded him with zombies, and if you do this other thing, the other player will be sad, and that is why I take him. Uh, I'm going to paint him blue and orange and green, and put a base on him. Um, and so it's two be- two people enjoying the hobby two different ways, right? Um, but because instead of like an eighth edition, right? Was narrative focused and you are, and, and competitiveness grew out of that. You're now saying I'm going to cater to the competitive people and take away things that the lore people liked. Um, and that is a games workshop decision, not a community decision, but other than blaming computer, you know, games, work, or games workshop, just doing, Hey, we're doing what people are buying. We, we're doing what people want. And so they're going to create that rift. Um, so I think it's something to be aware of, like let people enjoy the game. But uh, I think Games Workshop needs to bring it lower back a little bit because as we're about to talk about, the gaming is a big piece. So Steven, what are we hitting at? Yeah. In your gaming. Well, I mean, I'll just 
you know, usual caveat. I don't play a lot of games, so not not super heavy weight on me. But I put eight out of ten. Um, I like the idea of Index Hammer a lot since um, you know everyone has access to the rules. It's sort of like a free time to just like run wild and sow your wild oats, <laughs> figure <laughs> out what you want to do. Um, but uh, you know, at the same time, you get those really janky you know interactions. Uh, some things are just like oh, we didn't really uh, catch that uh, that rule. And then that unit's suddenly like the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, but at the same time, it's also a source of entertainment. Um, uh, that being the case, it sounds like, like I mentioned earlier, uh, that they they did a pretty they're quick on the spot with getting everyone close to being in that middle ground for win rates. Um, one thing... I think that they messed up on was their whole whoever was like simplified but or not simple simplified but, not simple yeah really messed that up because lo and behold was it like a week after the rules dropped they had to do that like twenty five document like <laughs> rule book that was another yep. rule book and yeah, yep. as soon as I saw pages. that yeah as soon as I saw that I didn't read it I read the original rules and I was like okay this is cool and then I was like it seems like there's some weird things missing here and not very clear. And I was like, I'm not reading this 19 page book. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait for uh, Reed and Mike to read it, and then I'll ask them questions. <laughs> <laughs> Spark <Happy> nerve. <laughs> so that was, yeah. That, that My sort life of. Life for ire. That, that bit them in the butt, I think. Um, whereas, had they just put it in the rule book, you know, it just feels bad getting a rule book that doesn't have all the rules in it. And then you're like, well, what's the whole point of this anyway? So, yep. But yeah, that's where I am. That's fair. Um, all right, Mike. Yeah, so I give it a 7 out of 10. Um, ironically, I'm personally not a very big fan of Index Hammer. I, I know this is unrealistic, but I want all of the rules all at once so we can just get to, like, end of an decision where everybody's at their peak. That would be great. Um, yep. So, but, and 10th and was a rough, rough start. Um, as Stephen talked about and Reed stopped, mentioned earlier, like, it it was rough. But I think I scored it so high because the systems that they implemented in ninth edition where they decided they were going to take a leadership role in the competitive scene work. And they kind of flushed them out and they figured it out in ninth edition. And I mean, it, I think it's done a great job. Um, be their ability to FAQ and balance. They have, they have done a significantly better job than ever before. Um, and I mean, to be fair, they didn't really do it ever before until ninth edition. So like it's, it's, they've very quickly figured out the right way to balance this game. And I think quarterly is perfectly fine. I think the FAQs after the start of 10th were necessary and I'm glad they saw it. I'm glad they fixed it. So I think I'm, I'm more positive on how bad 10th was as a rollout because they have the systems and processes in place to fix it and fix it quickly. And I think they've done a decent job. There's still some lemons out there. Um, but, I mean, like you guys said, Devastating Wounds and Towering broken at the beginning of the ninth. Now it's not. It's just it's just fixed. Um, and I would I think it's fixed in a way that is balanced. I don't even think they're broken or nerfed to, out of existence anymore. So I, uh, you know, I think As that, a ninth player, I'll slightly disagree on that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I have one anti-vehicle weapon and it's strength nine. So uh, no sympathy <laughs> for me. Um, you're still doing fine. Um, so like, I, I think it's just like, it's balance exists. I think they found it. And I think that's why I rated it so high, despite some hiccups. Okay. All right, Reed. 
So, uh, for the gaming, I've been playing a lot of 10th, um, but I rated them 5 out of 10 because I did think the 10th edition launch was a disaster. Um, their marketing team did a great job, you know, but the the rules designers, the play testers, all those guys did not follow through. The amount of errors that were in, not only just like rules errors, but like grammatical errors. There were a lot of like straight up like, you should you should have just read this once and you could have caught it. Um, uh, high schoolers should have caught this. Yeah, yeah like, what is going on with this? Um, and then this is a pet peeve, but like a lot of the indexes are each index is organized differently, so you can tell that different people are in charge of like there are different teams in charge of each different index. Uh, and some people who are in charge of those indexes loved that faction and they wrote rules that were super fluffy and fit them. And then some people who were writing the index rules probably didn't give two craps about the faction they were writing. And so you have people like the Drukari and the uh, Admech who like just don't do very well right now. Um, I, I don't think it was handled very well. Like there were immediate things that, when they were just teasing the rules, everyone in the community was like, oh, this is going to be bad. This is going to be real bad, real quick. And lo and behold, like, once again, I don't understand how it made it through the playtesting to begin with when you can just do a preview and no one even has the full rules and people are like, oh, that's going to be an issue. Oh, that's going to be real bad, real quick. Like, that should not have happened. Um, they should have evaluated all the different factions together instead of in like the rumor has it, they were in small groups. And so certain factions never played each other during the play testing. Um, and that's why you have things like the Eldar and the custodians were like, we're in a certain faction and they were super strong to begin with. And you had other factions uh, that were in the other groups like Admech who were just dog, like dog water. Uh, and yeah, they did correct it, but it took them a month and it took them a month of just, Eldar wiping the floor, but even then, after the correction, Eldar still were wiping the floor with everyone else. Uh, and then Gene Steeler Colts came up for a little bit, and then Custodes were up there for a little bit, and then like the the data slate came out, and now Custodes are on the bottom because the changes to Dev Wounds actually negates their whole special ability of having a four feel no pain um, to mortal wounds when Dev Wounds are no longer mortal wounds. Personally, I like it like that. Um, they just need to change Custodes rules to like a four feel no pain against devastating wounds, like just put that little excerpt in there and then they can be back to where they used to be and have are, some special abilities. What are devastating wounds then now? I'm confused. Dev wounds right now. So it used to be they were mortal wounds and they would right. just carry over as the mortal wounds would. Now it is just an unsaved damage. So if it's mortal wounds, if I do, you know, for a railgun is D6 plus six and on a six uh, to wound, it does dev wounds. Now it can do D6 plus six damage to just one model. It, the gotcha. damage it no longer doesn't carries over anymore. Okay. It was it was making it. It's like kind of like the reverse of it was. People were taking anti tank guns and using them as anti infantry because you could shoot a rail cannon into a squad of guardsmen no, and kill around everybody, and kill everyone else. Yeah, yeah and, okay. Yeah. That's why Eldar and like Wraith Knights were terrible because you could just use fate dice and hit them with multiple fate dice, multiple sixes, and you're killing like you know a squad of Deathwing knights in like one turn because you're just like oh this is a D six plus six damage and I'm going to use a six to wound and a six to wound and now you're dead. And that's so uh, funny because that was like their whole mission was to make things more targeted, right? And then they just wrote that rule. Yeah, they were like, everything's going to be tougher. It's going to be harder to kill things. <laughs> and then they made certain factions easier to kill things. That's why like, I brought one of the RTTs. I brought 
every single unit in my in my army had some form of dev wounds and it was really i was just fishing for sixes um and it worked <laughs> yep but no, yeah that's I, um I, that's i didn't i don't like how tent those things um the shift to uh also quality control i bought a deck of leviathan cards because i didn't want to buy the starter box fucking <sighs> misprints on it i hate it stupid uh, I, know. I, yep. I bought that i was like oh maybe i'll start I playing so and off. I, you told me about yeah. that and i was like Oh man! <laughs> yeah, I, I I was super excited when they were marketing tenth because I was a big fan of uh, Maelstrom of War in eighth, and I was a big fan of Tempestus of War in ninth because it was cards and stuff. Um, I I think they need to relook at some of those cards too because there's there's like three or four cards that are just uh, usually unachievable for like the majority of the armies that draw them on turn one and you're essentially just being like okay well now i'm down five points because my yeah. opponent just got two cards that he can draw easily Over I, the I just, camp, because yeah. they've done it there's two cards like oh you cannot you cannot score this turn one put it back in your deck and redraw that's defend uh defend your stronghold and then i think it's yep. um capture think, enemy objective or it's like yeah you can't get it turn one redraw it there's a yep. couple others they need to reevaluate and put in there as well uh just to make the game a little bit more even the um i i, I still remember my opponent in my last rtt the last guy like drawing the uno card <laughs> 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 like reverse oh no <laughs> um and i'm still waiting for someone to uh draw exodia and banish you to the uh the shadow realm <laughs> but uh no, uh, first of all, I want to say that I people should go out and play the hobby, right? Don't let our comments dissuade you. Um, go out, play, enjoy, form your own opinion. I will say that. And this is having played several RTTs, um, trying to get more in the community, so I'm not just, you know, my old gro- grouchy self. If I could give a score, I'd give a 2 out of 10. Because I like where some of the gameplay is. Um, I really like Heresy gameplay um i've heard age of sigmar is a lot of fun i've heard middle Earth strategy battle game is one of the most fun if not the most balanced thing i've heard uh necromunda super crunchy um i've literally not seen a single bad review of anything they've teased for the old world so people in games workshop know how to make good games okay but for some reason they are struggling with 40k um and I'd hoped for when they talked about how they were going to do index hammer again, and it was all going to be free. I, I think I told you guys, I, my hope was that they were going to, you know, Hey, on July or June 1st, we're going to release everything for free. The rule books for free. Everything's a downloadable PDF. You can have everything on your phone. And I was like, I hope what they do is they let it ride for three months. And in that three months, Everyone just submits FAQ things, right? And then they fix the rules, they fix indexes, and then they start printing. And then they're like, okay, well, you know, after three months, or you know, at the the five month mark or something, we'll we'll give you the the hard rules. Indexes will remain, and then we can we'll publish some stuff, and then they can fix the indexes and everything. And for some reason they've chosen not to do that. And I, I don't know if it's just because they have to publish because like in their defense, right there, they, they make these books in China, right? They're not, it's not like the copy shop down the streets printing out these rule books. They, they do in bulk in China. 
at least I think that's where I thought that's where they did them. Um, and um, I like they address the rules almost like a video game, right? Okay, we'll FAQ them and everything like that. We'll do these updates. I don't know why you can't like change a couple wording things before a book gets published. I, there's got to be the technology out there, right? Like before they hit print on the press, right? You've, there's got to be a, a point where you could submit everything and then be like, hey, just hold on to that, you know, thumb drive. And then, you know, we have a rep down at the factory who can make these changes or something, you know, because that that's how you'd get through this. If they just gave a testing time, um, because look, if they've got a small team, right, they they are a profitable company, like we've said, I don't think they're as big as people actually think they are. Um, and I know in the business that I'm in <laughs> and that reads in um, that a lot of times you have one job and then you have five other jobs. And it's instead of being a subject matter expert on one thing, you like are supposed to be okay at everything. Mm -hmm. So that could also be causing problems. If they, if the guy who's supposed to be doing the balance between Eldari and custodies is also the janitor and is also in charge of making sure all the events go off without a hitch, he's probably a pretty busy guy and there's things that are going to slip. But if the community is able to come back within 30 minutes of seeing a rule previewed and say, this is broken, then like, that's fine, but it should be in your plan to like release this into the wild, get the feedback, change it and give it back. Um, and they didn't do that. Um, and they and said I there was play testing, but it must've just been in house. And I know they've had issues with leaks and stuff and that's why they've brought everything in. But like, how is it? Every other game is just, it just works, but they struggle with 40 K. And so again, I say, I think they're successful, but not by the, but not by any intent. And this is, this is the showing like, Hey, there's some cracks here. Um, and because also it is very tailored towards competitive gaming. If you look at how rules are written in codexes these days versus eighth edition, ninth edition or older codexes, right? Like there used to be a page in every book and every page was a different unit and it was mm -hmm. mostly lore. And at the very end, it was the stat line and any abilities it had. And that was it. Right. And then they had all the stuff at the very end. Nowadays, you don't get any lore. You don't get any background. You get a data sheet and that's it. And so they've taken away the cool parts of the codexes and they're giving us rules, but the rules don't work. And then they've also taken a stance where it's, Hey, we don't want to, we don't want to, once we publish rules, we don't want to change them. So, Okay. Hey, if your army is, um, that, 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 sorry, Mike, you're giving me the puzzled look. So <laughs> what they've said is they'd only want to change rules as a last resort, right? That's yes, why all armies are starting to become first. Yeah. Yes. And that's why all armies are starting to become horde armies. It's like, well, what's your play style? I'm a shooty horde. What's your play style? I'm a melee horde. Is there anything, are there any elite armies? No. <laughs> like, Everything is just a, hey, uh, my army's not doing so good. Okay. Well, it's like, it's like they're whipping out their wallet and just like, um, here's an extra a hundred bucks. Like go buy yourself a nice, they're not fixing the problem. They're, they're band-aiding things. I told Mike and Steven and Reed, you go up against a Votan player. They've got some strong stuff, take out their bikes and they don't have anything. They gave us more points, but they didn't actually fix the bad things about the army. So if, if you, just take advantage of that, then you're good to go. Um, so I, I don't think, I, I don't think 10th edition went off very well. Um, I think that they've been having 
uh, a lot of issues that 40k shouldn't. So two out of 10, uh, with a special shout out to every, literally every other game system that, that GW produces. Good on you guys for not being terrible. Also, I'm sorry, I got to get this out. You guys asked for this. Forget, don't forget that. Um, I have an issue with the drip Fred codexes. We should be yeah. getting a codex every single week. Every single week. They should be previewing pre-order, previewing pre-order. And we should get two years of codexes. Uh, and I will, I'm saying this now, if we get to a point where they do codex comes out two months later, a new edition, I will probably sit out the next edition. Um, because I'm like, I'm for buying books. I'm for supporting games workshop, but I will play other games, uh, because I do not like the fact that like you're sitting there. Uh, I, I don't want to be an index the in, for three years. It's just not going to yeah. be fun. Yeah. Um, like, and what, so guard, guard was, um, they were eighth edition codex for all of ninth edition until the last yep. six months. It was like, yep. yeah, it's like the guard codex launched. And then they're like, Oh, Hey, 10th edition's around the corner. Simple, we're gonna start not simple. And, yeah. <laughs> when did, when did, when did, when did the game officially launch? When did 10th officially launch? July. 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 Okay. So July. So we're what? July, August, September, October, November, December, January. We're six months in and we have four codexes. So that means that we're, Less yeah, and they, like they showed who they're what the schedule is for like yeah. the spring too. Like I, I yeah. doubt I see a Death Guard Codex in this calendar year. Like I yeah. expect to be playing my same index in ten months from now. Yeah, they yeah, they I, need to as like they need to release at least two codexes a month. They need to do like yeah. one every two weeks to start. Getting well, that's what they there. did in that's what they did in ninth edition. Um, I think it needs to be four. I think every week we need to get a codex until we're done and then let it ride. And then I'll be completely honest. If you need to change an ability, if you need to change a stat line with an FAQ, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. I'll still buy the codex. I don't have a problem. Now, if you reuse the art on the codex and there, you copy and paste the lore from the ninth edition codex into this one, then I'll be less inclined and I'll be more inclined to visit friends of Reed. Um <laughs> somewhere to get my needs special. But like so that's my that's my comment that was a bit of a rant but that's what we're here for i think you touched on some important things that i i and i cannot remember what the business practice is called but auto industry uses it where it's you produce just lemon right on time um and it is i think it, it might even be called like right on time or something like that but it's like an, an industry like industrial business practice where it's all about getting the exact amount you need right on time, not early, not late. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's like a modern, like it's been around since like the 1940s, like just after the great depression and world war two, it's like, Oh yeah, we can probably figure this out. And yeah. maybe I'm backdating it a little too far, but like there's business practices out there and there are other industries that have figured this out. And I think just for reference, I did look it up. Um, GW's revenue for this past year was about 445, 450 million, um, which uh, I think you forgot that there's a lot of oil and gas industries based in the UK that make, you know, billions. I actually just watched Deepwater Horizon. Like four, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, I think I like, there's investment companies and stuff. But, like, yeah, it's for a game company, huge for especially a tabletop game company, massive big company picture tiny yeah like what matt was talking about with the codex release schedules it just it always just feels like the consumers 
we're just having this unfinished product for two years. You get one, you get one, two months of it being actually finished product and then reset. I don't like that. <laughs> it's not fun. That's probably the, honestly the biggest reason I haven't played was because it's like, as soon as I like build an army or whatever, or like get time to play the new rules have come out or something. And it's just like too much to go back and learn or like, you know, Oh, I had to go learn this other guy. If, if all the codexes are out, you know, you have more time to learn everyone else's rules and not have these feel bads entertainment or uh, moments. And the players also, also just get better because you get more reps in. Right. Yeah. Well, I also say this, that, and this is, this is just me speculating, right? The other, why the other reason, right. That they're doing the slow drip codexes is because, um, it's, uh, so if you get okay, who just wrote Admech? If you're an Admech player, right, your codex is poo poo. You spend the next four months just being like, oh, I'm not, I'm not a fan or everything. Maybe it's time to start looking to a new army. And then Warhammer Community pops up, and you see a Custodes article with new model, all this other stuff. Well, hey, you know what? Spend enough time. Like I'm not worried about my old stuff anymore. I want this new stuff. So they're feeding into the like, oh, I could use another army or I've always wanted to do this or something like that. So every time you'll see every time a new codex comes out, um, if you go to Reddit, follow a follow a faction subreddit. okay, and wait for their codex to drop. The moment their codex drops, the first 15 or 20 points will be new people asking, how do I play this faction? Just getting into it. Saw the previews a long time. You know, I. I think Votan are one of those factions because everyone kind of likes dwarves. It's like, oh, I kind of want to do them and things that are kind of slow right now in Games Workshop. So I, I constantly knew Votan players, right? But I guarantee you, you go watch the numbers of people on a subreddit or Facebook page. They skyrocket every time a codex comes out. And that is a there, there is a business model there. It's not right, but it's there. So, um, yeah. All right. No, I, I agree. <laughs> Um, all right, so it'll be kind of quick. Um, models and hobby. I I think we're all kind of on the same page here, to be honest. So, Steven? Oh, yeah, 9 out of 10. Super cool models. Nerf Marines can go in the trash can. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, everything's, the bin. everything's really good. Um, and the, like, quality of how they all go together, like, you know, mold lines being, like, out of sight or non-existent. Um, and, you know... We've talked about it in the past and it's sort of like 10 years gone already at this point, but like the mono pose tendency for kits. Yeah. More dynamic poses. It's all plastic. So you can just chop it and glue it, re-glue it, whatever. But I sort of miss the old school, uh, stick the arms on the torso, stick the torso on the legs, you know, posability options. Yep. So, but I can still buy my old orc boxes, but I'm not going to, cause I have way too many orcs. <laughs> never <laughs> and <enough. laughs> yeah seriously honestly that's a bit of why old world is such a like a thing for me because it's, yeah. it's bringing back some nostalgia yeah i was like, reading their, kinda... their subreddit and people were like well, i don't want to pay first of all this sounds like the prices are pretty close to what it would have been like with inflation and all that blah 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 blah. yep um and you get more models 250 for the box of bretonians 290 for the tomb kings 290 okay i just saw 220 and then 250 but whatever no, I don't know. I'm a, I, I saw it on a janky Facebook post. Too much. It does come with everything you need in it, though. Well, exactly. It does actually, come you with actually them. get an army in a box, and you can play yeah. your friends with it. I think the rule book's in the box, too. It is, yes. yeah. 
and you get more whippy sticks. And the whippy, that's honestly that's hundred dollar value right there. Um, Those things are gold. <laughs> but anyway, the point I was saying, the people were saying, uh, "Oh, they're old models. Why am I paying the same prices? You know, twenty twenty three prices, whatever." You are, um, but also old doesn't mean bad. Um, yep, posability, simple. Everyone's. I see people complain about there's too much detail on Games Workshop models. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to paint it all, it's a pain in the butt. If you want to paint it, it can be fun. But here's your new models or your old new models. They're simple, easy to paint, and look good together. You used to be able to mess up Space Marines. Now, if you are the tiniest hair off, those tubes will not line up. Yeah. They'll look terrible. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah, so. great models. I mean, it goes without saying. They're like the kings yeah. of model making right now. Mike? Yeah, I give it an 8 out of 10. I mean, new models continue to just be sick. Um, they're so cool. I, there's some lemons out there with, like, Stiltman Sniper 3000 and the Nerf Missile Marines and all that. But, <laughs> I, like, I for the most part, I think this is the part where it's like, yeah, this is the technology that they figured out. Like, yeah. sure, they're struggling with, like, apps and the internet. But, like, when it comes to model printing, they figured it out. Injection plastic um, molding. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, like they know how to make me some little plastic toys. And they know how to do it well. And like they even if you look outside of 40k specifically, like the other ranges are also just still so good. And when you look at like the partner, you know, moving to Forge World and stuff like that, like those have always been cool and like it's just even that has gotten better from what I've heard. Like this is a place where I think they excel. I I think the reason I didn't give it a nine or a 10 is the couple of bad lemons. And then I still think that there's some factions that need some love that aren't getting it. Um, and yep. which is it's because be Warcry is taking all of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Warcry and, and Sigma. So um, yeah, but overall I think very well, very well done. Read. So once again, I'll say eight out of 10 um, outside of, you know, a couple you know, we've already mentioned them. Models are great. And then for some reason, all the models teams on like the specialty games are also doing incredible jobs. Um, Necromunda, I mean, the kill team, because they're just supplying units for 40K in general. Um, and then like these uh, Legion Imperialis models are fucking, they're a dream. They're, they're so easy to put together. They're like three parts. You just snap them together for tanks and then like, two parts for the, like the sentinels and the algrins and all the little dudes are just pre-built onto the sprues like a great great model design um yeah i and then the, i think it's the only reason that um you know 3d printers aren't that big of an issue yet for gws because i still think even with 3d printing like the gw plastic and how they make their molds like the quality of gw's plastic and their models is still better than what is 3d printed and i think we're still a few more years away before 3d printers get on the same level or start to become better than gw's quality of plastic and how their molds look yep and i mean maybe maybe that's it maybe they know what's coming and they're just trying to like press out as much as they can you know get make their money and then the the leadership will abandon ship <laughs> bye um no they're still the kings of model making um every single time i'm like okay maybe i get away from gw and and we go and take a look at something else i, I immediately i'm just like oh these look terrible i don't want to paint anything else it looks so bad so yeah yep gw's killing it so um on to 
lore. Steven. 7.5 out of 10. Um, okay. I haven't read a lot of the new stuff, to be honest. The most recent thing I've read that was new was the like orc book, and that can take place literally at any time. <laughs> um, but the it was like the... Uh, the Death Guard Ultramarines series was good. I like that. Um, and I haven't read anything with the new Leviathan stuff. I do like the overall story of Leviathan pulling a fast one and like coming up from below um, and threatening Terra. Um, and the progression of the lore overall, you know, moving it forward has been cool. But I just worried they're going to where they were previously stuck with like, Oh, being permanently like one minute till midnight, um, doom and gloom. And now it's like in a similar situation, but it's like getting even closer and closer and closer. <laughs> and it's like for forever going to just get closer. And it's like, that can just be as stagnant feeling sometimes. Yeah. You do get like new books and stuff and new, like cool events that happen, but it's also finite. Um, you can't like divide something. Oh, you can divide something infinitely, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, um, maybe it's just me not being as interested. Why I'm not giving it a higher score? Um, I haven't done anything like super crazy that I don't like. The you know, Cicatrix Maledictum was a cool change, and Imperium Nihilus sounds like a perfect place to make a lot of cool stories. Um, so we'll see yeah. what they do. All right, Mike. Yeah, so I give it a 6 out of 10, um, and I think, you know, partially that is I am also have not read as much as I probably want, but I also feel like it's not as out there as I would want either. Um, and I, I want I want to see, and I think it's hard because in Horus Heresy, like 30K is coming to the end, right? Everything mm -hmm. that is released for the Siege of Terra and the End of the Death is like, we are one step closer to that massive story ending that we all know. And it's so exciting. And every new book is just a step closer. And it's, it's very, very much like the story is progressing. Whereas in 40 K, because it's, it's they're they're not moving to our conclusion. Um, and I think it's hard because I'm getting that in Horus heresy and I'm not in 40 K. Um, like with the lion's return, read that book. It was pretty cool. And now I just want to see more. I want to see a lot more. Um, and I can't, I can't, it's not there. <laughs> so, like, I think that's part of the frustration is like, I, I want it to progress, but that's not the intent of 40 K lore. It does yeah. not progress. Like 30 K is currently progressing. Um, and I think that's what makes it hard and creates some of that tension. Like I, I want new, exciting things. And, you know, for me, Primarchs have always been the exciting part of 40 K um, in lore. And like, I want to see more Angron and the lion. I want to see the lion and Bobby G get into an argument like i want to see like yep. all of this kind of come to a head and it's not going to for a long time and that is by design and it's probably the right thing to do but <laughs> i hate it <laughs> yeah no, cool I, epic story yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah i think i think everyone really liked how they they kicked off eighth edition really hard with the end with like the gathering storm at the end of seventh edition yeah. goes into eighth edition with all Play this four. new stuff yeah and then they had all the like the books that went around with it and and you were getting it wasn't necessarily moving the storyline forward but you were you were getting more of what's happening and then they did vigilus right and we did a vigilus ablaze and vigilus defiant and we were mm -hmm. like oh this is like this is big stuff this is like lore changing things and then it didn't end on anything it just was like and conflict and 
they've kind of like the whole psychic awakening never really there's never really hard wins or loses yeah and like i think they just need to people just need to get over it like your faction is going to win your faction is going to lose right uh sorry tyranid players your faction will never win because the story will be over right um like, lord just ends if tyranids yeah, win. Just like, everything stops um and so gw needs to make like a hard call and be like all right we're gonna do this campaign book the end of the campaign is a blank victory not oh you know there's winners and losers but we all had fun the the real winning was the friends we made along the way <laughs> um so well and that kind of ties into like narrative gaming like yeah it, it doesn't uh, feel like that's an option it. anymore yeah no 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 it's it to be honest i don't think it is um so uh okay read at least in 40k i don't think narrative play is viable in 40k right now correct yeah, yeah. agreed um, so I can I, I give it uh, seven out of ten. I can't speak too much for the like the current lore, the new books coming out, because I'm still reading the existing lore from like previous years and the Horus Heresy, and I'm finished reading the Farside books, and then I've read like the Minkalesque uh, trilogy, um, mm. and like I've I've enjoyed those books. I haven't read the new Shadow Sun book, um, where it's like uh, Tao versus Death Guard. It's on my reading list. Um, I need but, to read that too. <laughs> yeah, I I have noticed that like. The, um, at least from like the book perspective, like when it comes to Codex, is like I've seen like it was a uh, seventh or eighth to ninth edition with the Psychic Awakening. There was no new lore whatsoever in the ninth edition Codex for my faction. It was just a culmination of all the eighth edition, literally the same artwork, the same pictures, same paragraphs from the because I had my eighth edition. I pulled it open and I was like, "Well, this is bullcrap. Like this is the exact same page." And they just moved it over into the ninth edition codex, and then they just took the psychic awakening lore, same short stories too, and threw it in the ninth edition codex. And I was very upset about that because, like, I want the lore from my faction. And like, when a new edition codex comes out, you assume the story has advanced a little bit further down the line because you know every new edition has some big event that's supposed to propel the story forward. And it does for like two factions, you know, it'll be like Tyranids and Space Marines for 10th edition. And it was uh, Necrons and Space Marines for 9th edition. But now all the other factions get the same crap that we just read. And like, that's, I, I don't want that. I don't want to read the same paragraph again for the third time um, when the 10th edition Codex comes out. I hope they update it a little bit and rewrite it or update characters based on what's happening. Because I know the... Um, the boarding action or the um, what was it in the ninth edition the um the those ship books uh for boarding actions what were they called um oh um yeah i don't see i don't even remember i'm the lord guy and i don't care <laughs> well it's like they had the they had the far it wasn't side, relevant they had the far sight one and like he had oh um yeah the um the uh Arcs of Omen. Arcs of Omen. There it is. Yeah, and they had Farsight ones, and like he just fought a bunch of orcs, and then demons came, and that was it. Like, not really. I mean, it was a continuation, I guess, of the story um, from the Farsight book, but like that was it. That's all I got. I was like, yeah. Eh. No, it's feeling very mad. I would say um, pretty low score overall for the lore. Uh, it's been kind of put to the sidelines um, because the focus is more on competitive gaming um and that uh, so you're getting less and less lore and codexes 
and I was showing these guys, I now have all of the uh, old dwarf codexes from Warhammer Fantasy, and it's all lore. It's all lore with a little bit of rules and stuff, and you know, talking about how like, hey, you know, play the game. You know, I sent the article like, play the game you want. Like, you could win this game, or you could do something really thematic, and that's definitely not in. It's you're. It's almost like reading a law book or like you know, regulations, you know, on a government website like that. And that's how they have to be because that's where the player base is right now. You know, if, if there's a loophole, someone's going to find it and exploit it. Um, and I think that's what I like a little bit about some of the other communities outside of Warhammer 40K. Um, like, I, I really appreciate how, like, everyone knows there are certain broken things in um, 30K and how people will correct it. Um, or it's just kind of like a gentleman's agreement, ladies agreement. Uh, you just don't bring it right. You don't do that. Hey, there's this broken thing. Don't do that. And everyone's like, yeah, not going to do that. There are some people out there, right. Who uh, don't get me wrong, but I also know that I think as a LVO last year, that if you, you were supposed to bring like, it was a heresy narrative event type thing where it was like, not like it was, it was a competition and I'm, I'm getting this as a memory. I was not there. So if this is wrong, you know, forgive me, but people are saying was thematic armies and you were going to play, you know, traitor versus loyalist and everything like that. So it felt really lore specific. And then apparently if you, if people brought like a power list, they all had to play each other. So like if you showed up with all dreadnoughts and you're like, I'm going to just destroy some dude who brought tactical Marines, they put you against the other guy and they just made you guys play over and over again. They were like, wait, no, I, I want an easy win. Learn your lesson. Like, yeah, nope. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, no, I think they uh, included that. So it was like tank on tanks and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I think the lore has been kind of relegated to the side. So, uh, we're going to move into, uh, some closing comments. Uh, so we'll be kind of quick with this because we got something special here at the end. Okay. Um, so overall, I feel like it's, we're in like eight out of 10 tor- territory for everything. For me, um, GW still has a lot of work to do. Um, the community is what's keeping everyone together. And we get to play with some really cool models and read some cool books at the same time. Um, but, you know, it's just got to, the community can only do so much. And if, GW erodes more trust in the community. Um, you know, and only, you can only do so much as a group to to try to fix something like that. Um, so I'm hopeful, as usual, I'm hopefully optimistic. I think overall we're in a better place than we were back during like 7th edition and all that. So uh, hopefully GW doesn't misconstrue uh, their success that they've had with 8th up till now with um, their like pricing and more about creating a game that people like and the IP that people really are interested in and fostering a community. I think that's the key to their success so far. And hopefully they don't uh, lose sight of that. Yeah, that's good. Mike. Yeah. So I averaged out my other scores. I got a seven out of 10, um, which I think is a good representation of where I think we're really kind of at, I think, we are on a very, we are on the path of a very, very long upswing that began at the end of eighth edition. And I think we are seeing continuous improvements. Um, and I think that is going to continue. Um, I expect that we will continue to be pleasantly surprised by things that are released in 2024 and things moving forward. Um, 
but I think it's important to acknowledge there have been some setbacks with the end of ninth and beginning of 10th edition. Um, and, and that's across the board in both the gaming perspective, the hobby perspective and the lore perspective and narrative perspective. So I, I think that the future is bright, um, but we we've had to overcome some obstacles to get there. That's fair. All right, Reed. Yeah. Um, I averaged all my scores together as well. And I got a 6.8 out of 10. Uh, once again, I think it's, right where it is. Their GW is doing some good things and they're really just messing up. So they're just kind of just sitting right in the middle of, you know, where I think how they've been the past year. So like community has been great. It's holding up the rest of GW. Like if, if they, if, if GW does something to piss off the community again, I honestly, I think they won't even lose those people. They'll just get really mad because people have invested so much money and time into this hobby that it's going to be hard for people to break away from GW to be like, I'm not doing GW anymore. Some people do. Uh, like They just stop playing the game. They'll continue to paint because it's a hobby to them. But people like myself that like play, they paint, and they build like all three, and they, they do conversions and all kinds of stuff like that. Like they, If there's something that you know pisses people off, they probably won't abandon GW right away. They'll just be angry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's fair. Um, and I'll, I'll say this, that I, I think there's the highs and lows. Like I, I said at the beginning, I think every time there's a low, there's a high that balances out. Um, for me, I'm I'm more excited about looking at things other than 40K. Uh, I still love 40K. That's still like my main thing. But um, I think it was also um, from uh, hashtag SquareBast, uh, the SquareBase podcast. Um, where um, one of the guys said that they went back and tried to play 40K and it just doesn't feel like the game has a soul right now. And for me, that's kind of reverberated or that's, that's not reverberated that for me, that's, that's very big. Like I'll go play it and it's fun. Um, and there's a little bit of lore in there for me and it, it's fun to go out and do the RTTs, but the soul of the game doesn't feel like it's there right now. Um, and so I, I think we could definitely use some improving there. Um, and in other areas we've talked about, but overall, um, you know, I'm still happy to be a part of the hobby. I'm happy to be doing this podcast with you guys. I'm happy to keep talking about it. Um, and I think this was a good discussion and I can't wait till we see what next year brings and hopefully we're on an, uh, a, you know, big trend. And speaking of trend, we're going to end this episode. Uh, remember to like, and subscribe and check us out on all our platforms and our Patreon. Uh, and as we finish out the show, instead of just saying bye, like normal, uh, I'm actually going to let Mike take it away and talk about some of our um, state of our podcasts from Spotify. Uh, so Mike hit us up and we'll get on out of here. Yeah. So just to kind of like, you know, kind of piggyback on our state of the hobby, just the state of our prod- podcast. And, you know, Spotify does the Spotify wrapped where it tells you, oh, you listen to this and this and that and all that. Um, but the it also does that for podcast producers. Um, and so it's just had some interesting stats and numbers. And I, I'd like to share it with the with, uh, with the group and with our listeners and, and just kind of talk about our success a little bit. And our top episode of 2023 was episode 22, our first impressions of 10th. It was streamed on a 229% more than average. Um, it is also <laughs> our most shared episode, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, it's funny because we're still, 
It doesn't. It didn't give me that number. It just oh. gave me these outrageous percentages. Uh, I can pull it up, but it's just kind of funny because it. It we're still a relatively young and new podcast, and so a lot of our growth is like these massive triple digit numbers. It's like I think it was like forty listens. Um, it was forty one. So shout listens. out to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to our listeners because you brought us up 229% for that episode at 41 listens. 62% of our listeners first started listening to us in 2023. Um, and 23% of those new listeners started with episode 23, Howie Hobby Part 2, which I thought was interesting. Probably because episode 22 is our most shared and most listened to. The one right after that saw the most uptick in new people. Um, it's fair. We were streamed in seven countries. Um, it didn't tell me which seven, but I thought that was very funny. But 93% of our streams are in the United States. Um, <laughs> knowing what I used to do, Matt does and Reed does, I'm curious if it's our friends abroad um, or if it is Reed just kind of counting as not in the U.S. because he's in Hawaii. <laughs> um, <laughs> or the VPNs. Yeah, or just people using VPNs like – Oh, weird. There's a guy in Tibet who really likes our podcast. <laughs> um, this one I really liked. It, it, our top listeners, or for all of our listeners, it breakdowns what are their top three music genres. And it was rock, which is very 40K. Pop, which is interesting. Also very 40K. <laughs> and then modern rock, which I don't know the difference between rock and modern rock. So that uh, was very interesting. Um, our podcast was shared uh, for all of its shares. 44% of the shares were direct link. 33% were Facebook. Thank you, Matt. Um, 11% were through text. Um, 6% other and 6% WhatsApp. Probably our international <laughs> friends, maybe. I don't know. I think I said that to a few people, to be completely honest. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Um, and then our overall growth, and this is where we see some bonkers numbers, 237% um, growth in our listener number in 2023. 581% increase in streams. 91% uh, increase in followers, which I think is probably a more realistic number. It's those who are following us, not the one-time listens. Um, and then 597% increase in minutes created. I think that's because uh, we ramble. <laughs> yeah, we just we we decided we were going to go to one long episode. <laughs> um, yep. And then for our fans, we are a top 10 podcast for 21 of our fans. We're a top five podcast for 13 of our fans. And we're the number one podcast for five of our fans. So to you five, especially. Thank you for a great 2023 and making our you know podcast great um we couldn't do this without you guys we had a poll that had three responses i know one of them was matt but i think the other two were randos um as in listeners and then we had one uh <laughs> open-ended q a that we got a response on it was for our thanksgiving um and so you know i just wanted to kind of shout out to our uh our friend who was our first uh, yeah, first Q and A response. First Q and A response, and that was Mr. David Capone, who let us know that his favorite forty k tank is the Hammerhead. Um, so it's a good thanks, tank. David. It's a good appreciate tank. Your That's input. Appreciate know. you joining us. No, no, cool. I don't think any of us know him, so he's a listener. Probably found us through Reed on some Reddit, I assume, um, with Tao, and and you know, I think like great. Thank you, David. 
appreciate your participation. You have the distinct honor of being our first not first member response. Fan. Yeah, first verified <laughs> fan. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe someday we'll get a hold of David and, and bring him on to say a voice message. Just tell us about him because I'd love to love to hear yeah. more about David and his hobby story. Yeah. No, uh, thank you to all of our fans. Um, thank you to you guys. Um, and with that, we will adjourn. Bye. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.